0: leica m's are expensive (laughs) yeah
1: and you know what i need one of them for every day of the week jeffrey (laughs) in
0: designer colors man it's
1: tuesday what should we do bill uh i don't know let's hang out (laughs) eat some popcorn
0: Hey, it's episode 37 of On Taking Pictures, second one for 2013.
1: I love On Taking Pictures. That's such the, a good show.
0: The second big show. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jeffrey Sedoris from Faded and Blurred, and with me way over in the New York, in the, in the, in the potential next market for Google Fiber. I was just
1: going to say that.
0: Fancy photographer Bill Wadman. You guys are getting Google Fiber. That's awesome.
1: That, if, if it's true, that will be super crazy awesome. But, yeah. again, they're probably going to put it in, like, six buildings in Chelsea, right by the Googleplex lady over here. But, eh, yeah, whatever. Still. I'll just have to move to Chelsea.
0: <laughs> right. Sorry, Heather. Yeah. I'm moving because they're putting in fiber. Oh, yeah. yeah. She'd move That's- with me. <laughs> That's why That's I love her. Good. There you go.
1: There you go. Uh, we got a big show today. Huge show. Well, yeah. at least a lot to cover.
0: A lot to cover. Lots yeah. of uh, uh, listener emails. So we'll get to those. Yep. Um, uh, the start of CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, was oh, was yeah. yesterday. There's some interesting things happening there, uh, but none of it's going to make you a better photographer.
1: Nope
0: not not one thing.
1: Might make me a better photographer. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, we,
1: we got better stuff than that, though. To talk about. We got about. better
0: stuff. Uh, Hey, uh, where do you want to start? You want to start this
1: last week was like this monster philosophical episode. I feel like I went to a therapy session last week.
0: Uh, was one of my favorite episodes so far, actually.
1: If, if you haven't listened to last week, last week was pretty good. I listened to it, uh, again on the way home last night and I was like, you know, this is a good show. Yeah. Um, we get into some serious stuff, so, uh, you should go check that out. Um, you wanted to talk about photographers as rock stars
0: and i don't not necessarily a, a big discussion about it but i i, find well, I think
1: that, that it leads into a large discussion
0: yes yes and, and what i find interesting is we're kind of in this period in photography where there are there are many photographers that are more famous than their photography uh um, yes which i find uh, a little disconcerting um I, I hope that I'm I'm never, you know more famous or, or more well known as a personality or something right. than the work that I do. You right. know, that's to me that's that's what I'm here for is to do the work. So it, it, it's very strange when you get and I'm not I don't mean to, to pick on any one person in particular, but but like the Terry Richardsons or right. or the the you know even La Chapelle to a certain extent, that they are the personality that you hire, not necessarily the work that you're after.
1: Uh, okay, I understand what you're saying in concept. I disagree on those guys. Um, okay, or rather, no, well, again, that's I, what I'm not. I'm okay, not picking well, on he, well, no, let me put it this way. Um, there, there are there are photographers. I think that the 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 place that I would go with the rock star statement is more a lot of these internet guys. Like, you know, you look at your Chase Jarvis's and your Zach Ariases, and I know them and I've heard what they say, but I could not point to a single image by either of them that is like, oh, that's definitely, oh, that image is so Chase Jarvis and that's what okay, Chase yeah. Jarvis is. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? He 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 may be a very competent photographer or whatever it is, but like I, but I don't think of him as a person who makes pictures and, oh, here are his pictures that he made. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in in some ways you know that's that's sort of the modern twist this sort of you know 15 minute kind of weird celebrity culture we have right could you i mean you could
0: even make the argument about Annie Leibovitz lately
1: yeah i but, mean you,
0: you you want an Annie Leibovitz picture but does does the fact that that a client wants an Annie Leibovitz picture allow Annie Leibovitz to to go in a different direction than what she's known for
1: uh I think that, see, I think that her work changes more than people give it credit for. If you like, okay. look over the ages, I just think it's a slower thing. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I think that she's refined her look to the point where, you know, I was looking through last night. I, I, I have a possible shoot from my wish list this afternoon. And, and I was looking through uh, a vanity fair portrait book that okay. is available, which we should put in the show notes. Cause it's pretty good.
0: Is this uh, the big one? Uh, red lettering yes. on the cover? Yeah. 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 Okay.
1: Black and red. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and the pictures that are by say Annie Leibowitz, I know you can look at those and go, oh, that's an Annie Leibowitz picture, and and that that negates at least to me what some people say about it. You may not like her work, or you may think that it's you know uh, all done by her assistants or whatever it is, but mm-hmm. you can recognize her work. And you right. recognize her work, and that I picture an Annie Leibowitz picture, and then I picture Annie Leibowitz. I don't picture Annie Leibowitz. Where there's some people who picture the photographer but can't picture any of their pictures, right? You and know? that's
0: that's what I'm trying to yeah. articulate and doing a horrible job at. Okay. Um, okay, but that's that's kind of what I'm getting to. Okay, is is when when the personality of the photographer becomes the hiring point or, or the, the, the point that is known rather than the pictures themselves. That's got to be a strange position to be in.
1: Uh, yeah, but, you know, I think that the people who for whom that's true generally cultivate that. Mm. That they uh, there's a famous photographer that I know uh, pretty well, and he talks about how certain, you know, advertising people will hire him for shoots because they want to be able to say that they've worked with him. Not because he's necessarily the right person for the job or that, you know, he's not twice as expensive as the next person down the rung, but they just want to say, I worked with Joe Schmo, you know, which is fancy. Well, that's, you know, this is a whole other world. I don't agree with it, but it's, it's out there, you know, um, it's a little crazy to me, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's necessarily, uh, always the case, right? I don't think that, I think that there's some people who cultivate the cult of Joe Schmo, right? Right. Who are doing it because they think that that's what you need to do nowadays in order to get ahead. Or that's what people expect. Or, you know, to get a name for yourself, you have to have attitude. You know, it's all that kind of. Right. I, I can't stand that kind of stuff. I am who I am. And if you like me, that's great. If you don't like me, well, I can't do much about that. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not a jerk and I'm not going to be a jerk in order to get, f- f- you know, faux respect mm-hmm. in, some, in some kind of crazy way. Yeah, um,
0: it's just sort of Hollywood respect. Exactly. Um,
1: yeah. I, you know, I I watched, uh, you know, this is probably a good time to talk about that Peter Yang video because um, my friend Gary Yost, friend of the show Gary Yost, sent in uh, this video of photographer Peter Yang, who is this amazing uh, portrait photographer. If you haven't seen his work, look him up. Uh, But you probably have because he shoots for everybody big. He's very famous. Um, But like he's this young Asian guy, you know, I mean, he's, you know, in his 30s and he is uh, painfully sweet in this video talking about his images and Mm -hmm. talking about his process. And he said that people have told him that they hire him because he doesn't intimidate the subjects.
0: See, and and that that's kind of a beacon of hope for me in this industry. yeah you know that you can be unassuming and and humble and appreciative as an artist
1: yeah and that you
0: and, you don't have to be tormented and and distant and you know what i mean well that's like the who's the
1: illustrator guy that you were showing me earlier
0: uh oh uh, uh oh now i'm blanking uh uh john oh,
1: uh, contina yeah i think yeah. it's john john contina contino
0: yeah Uh, yeah. I mean, he's this 30 year old guy. He's, he's happy. He smiles in the interviews and and he he loves what he's doing and hopes that someday, uh, somebody will see his stuff and like it.
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely.
0: That is incredibly inspiring to see someone. Yes, there are struggles of day to day living, but no more so than people who work on a factory floor somewhere. Or, or sell microwaves for a living or, something, you know, whatever it is. Sure. Everybody's got their own sort of cross to bear. But artists seem to have usurped misery. Artists seem to have, have tried to corner the market on, on being distant and depressed to validate their work.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and I, I love seeing people who are doing great work and, and for them that simply is not so.
1: Yeah, true, and you know what the, the the artist depression artist thing. Look, I I have issues with depression myself. You go through these things from time to time, sure,
0: but it has nothing to do with the fact that that you take pictures or I paint exactly. Or it has yeah, has zero that, to do with
1: it. Right that that if if I'm depressed, that's that's and you know that's influencing my work in some way. It's generally in a bad way, and I generally mm-hmm. don't like it, and mm-hmm. it is not. What I would expect somebody to say if they met up with me for a shoot, they'd say, oh, that, you know, depressed artist guy, Bill Wadman. <laughs> like, yeah, and I is hide that how it you well. want to be known? Right? Yeah, I, I yeah. hide it. Um, sure. But,
0: but it know. would be the same thing if you were uh, turning wrenches in a garage somewhere. Exactly. You would be the same, arguably the same person. Totally.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and it's the other thing about that Peter Yang video, which is actually kind of cool, is he talks about his process, like what he's trying to do when he's, you know, When they call him up and say, oh, you know, you have a shoot with, you know, the stars from uh, one of his examples was this. uh, He was doing some stuff for I think it was for Rolling Stone for um, Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. So he had the two main guys from Breaking Bad and he's like, what do you want to do with them? And he's he had a few days to think about it and he was coming up with ideas and he's like, and I come up with lots of ideas. He goes, most of them are terrible and most of them I think are terrible, even if other people like them. And I always think that a picture could be better made better. If you put a sandwich in the guy's hand,
0: <laughs> nice. like
1: he's just like, cause he's just like, I have, I have my shtick. He goes. I don't like to have to use props or, or come up with kind of cheesy ideas because then the next time I need one, I need a new one. Like i right. if I've used the sandwich idea, I can't do that again. So now right. I got to come up with like a new fallback. Um, yeah.
0: You end up running out of tricks.
1: Yeah. And, and, but it, but just the fact that he talks about it, not like, yeah, so, you know, I came in with these guys and I said, you know, let's do this. And they were like, yeah, you're a genius, Peter. And right. It, none of that. He's just like, oh, man. And I, you know, I was worried that they were going to say no. And then they said yes. And I was like, OK. And, you know, and it, it, he was shooting Donald Trump. And uh and apparently Trump was like, you know, let me see that picture. And he shows him on the back of the camera. and He goes, that's a really good picture. <laughs> You know. Which you can totally
0: imagine Trump saying about himself.
1: Well, exactly. I mean, and that's one of the points he made was he's just like, you know, I've realized that you have to, you, you have to love yourself or else life is easier if you just like yourself. Mm. You know, yeah. um, but, it, but it, just the way he interacted, the way he talks about interacting with subjects, the way he comes up with ideas, his, his frailty – and i don't mean that in a physical or mental sense but just in an artistic sense like he's always on the edge of not doing a good job or he feels like he's always on the edge of not doing a good job
0: but don't you think that's in large part what propels him forward
1: uh yeah this, absolutely. this
0: idea that 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 this this next picture might be my worst unless i really knuckle down and 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 do it
1: yes yeah you know
0: i mean and and, and isn't I don't know. I, I, I I like this idea of, and, and maybe it's just kind of where I'm at right now, but I love this idea of, of humbling yourself before the process.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: You know, and allowing, allowing the process to, to work through without this sort of, I don't know.
1: I like the concept of it washing over you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is.
1: Jump in the river, let it take you down.
0: Exactly. Yeah. This, this sort of, what do the the Taoists call it? Wu Wei where it's, it's the, the path of the uncarved block where, you know, there are, there are obstacles in the river, but the water just flows around them, you know, and it it just does. It just
1: is. You know, I used to play piano fairly seriously and, um, and don't
0: let him fool you. He still plays piano.
1: Actually, I haven't played piano in five years. Ah, um, but i used to i used to i used to play pretty well and i used to do these these um recitals uh every year for my <laughs> piano teacher in high school right i had to play these recitals why are you laughing at me i just remembered some of the videos of me playing with my ponytail
0: <laughs> That's it. and baseball cap
1: <laughs> yeah um and i used to be incredibly nervous like you know Palms sweating, hands are cold, I have to run them under hot water because they're so cold that they're not moving right, you know wow, um and but the thing is that once I got up there and I was in it, mm-hmm. it was generally fine, it's sort of the lead up to it that that makes you nervous right right and and it's you know you you but that is part of the process, maybe that's even that's kind of the reason why people say you know that no one breaks world records during practice because they don't have that adrenaline mm-hmm. you know so well, even now
0: don't don't you go through a, a similar sense of of nervousness when until you've snapped those
1: first couple photos yeah it depends on the shoot i mean I, i'm i'm to the point now where if somebody's hiring me to do headshots for an author photo like that doesn't make me nervous you know mm-hmm. um unless the pictures are coming out terrible out of the camera, you know, if I can't get a good shot, right, Uh, then I start to panic a little bit. But yeah, I mean, there are times when I'm, you know, being hired for something bigger that, yeah, no, I totally get nervous. I freak out a little bit, but you, but, but that's natural, right? When that stops happening, there's something else wrong. Yeah.
0: I mean, you can, sure. You can point to musicians, to actors, you know, who still get nervous going on stage. Sure. Yeah, and it's it's when only when those first lines are uttered or that those first you know few bars are sung that they relax into themselves and and just go.
1: Yeah, and you got to remember, like the Peter Yang was saying, it's like he comes up with lots of ideas. Not all the ideas work. Mm-hmm. Not all the ideas are accepted by the subject. You know, not you know. So, th- don't imagine that everything you come up with is going to be genius because right. it's not. Where, 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 where you and I were talking on the phone the other day and you were saying was it was a Carter bresson or somebody said, you know, there are uh, uh, there are uh, if you take one good picture a month, that's a lot.
0: Oh, I think it was uh, Ansel Adams. That was his that was his kind of benchmark. If he could get one good photo, you know, a month, 12 g- good photos in a year, that was a good year.
1: So I watched that exit through the gift shop movie the other day, the Banksy movie. Yes, you've seen this. Yes. Okay, you you've met Shepard Fairey. Uh,
0: a few times. Yes.
1: Okay, because like when I whenever I see him in interviews and stuff, he kind of seems insufferable. <laughs> you say he's a nice guy.
0: Uh, he has been very nice, very cool guy. Nikki and I met him at a few gallery openings and. In fact, the, the first time I met him was uh, at his solo show at the Karnowski Gallery in L.A. Okay. And to his credit, ton of people there. I mean, you know, huge gathering. And uh, I, I, I don't even remember what I asked him. But for, I don't know, five or ten minutes, he and I were the only people in the room. I mean, he just he stopped what he was doing and, you know, a lot of people wanting his attention. And we just had this this conversation for a few minutes about process. Okay, And
1: uh, then I reserve uh, judgment.
0: Yeah. I, I was really impressed that that he he was very nice with his time. He was very generous with his time, given how many people were there to see him. Uh, and and he's been that way ever you know every every time. And granted, it's only been a few, but each time I've I've managed to say hello and say a few things to him and and have a brief conversation. And uh, he's been cool.
1: Okay, then I take it back. But it okay. So in this movie, if you hadn't seen it, haven't seen it, basically it's a documentary, um, ostensibly about the street art movement, about Shepard Fairey and those guys, uh, from the point of view of talking about this guy who was going around with them, videotaping them while they worked. Right.
0: Right. Right. Uh,
1: and then he's meets Banksy who is like, you know, the super recluse London artist. Um, and through that, he decides to start making art of his own and through a bunch of hype and whatnot ends up making like a million dollars in uh, as a street artist himself. Is that essentially what happens? Uh yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good now, summary. There's a lot of people who say that it's the whole movie and the whole thing is one big farce. Yes. Um that uh, the guy who uh Mr. Brainwash as they call him is actually art piece in himself. Mhm. Uh created by Banksy.
0: By Banksy, yeah.
1: Do you do you buy into that? Um
0: you know, I don't know that I that I went that deep in trying to analyze it, analyze it. Yeah. I, Some I, people
1: say he might even be Banksy. Uh,
0: maybe. And I, you know, that seems to be Banksy's sense of humor that the whole, the, the entire joke is on us.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. hmm. Um, cause th- that movie is ostensibly about art, right? And and sure. what what is art? What does art mean? What what is what is good? Um, and he, according to the according to the movie, um, he got a bunch of hype, and then there were tens of thousands of people waiting to see his show, and then right. he sold a bunch of stuff at the show and made all his money back, whatever it is, as this completely somewhat unknown artist who is making largely mediocre work.
0: Yes. Okay. R- ripping off the people who he's been following around filming.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So the joke if if it is one big satire. Uh the joke is is that, you know, basically people are suckers? Is is that what the joke is? Sure. They'll, that you they'll can buy hype whatever anything.
0: Yeah, they'll buy whatever art people tell them is art worth buying.
1: Okay, right. Okay. So that's a messed up concept on on in the first place. But The flip side of that is then what is good art and who gets to decide? Because if it's just a popularity contest, then what does that say? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, there, there are people on the web who have liked some stuff I've done thousands of times. You know who gets a lot more likes than I do? Some guys picture of his cat. (laughs) Right. So, on that on that measure of popularity, the cat picture, lol cats, is better right. art than mine. Right. You know, uh, and and it kind of gets you into these questions of like, what what? How do you know what is good? If if so many people are looking at this stuff, basically uh, just analyzing it from the point of view of. Oh, I've heard that this is good or, or, Oh yeah, this is amazing. Even though mm-hmm. they're not really making up their minds themselves. How many people are saying that about my work? You know, right. it, it just, it makes me question the whole idea of what art is and what is good art. And, 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 and you know, it kind of, it's, it's the more, um, pragmatic side of what we talked about last week, which was, you know, do you care if people see your work Mm-hmm. And do you care if people like your work and should you care and should you care if it exists past what you're doing and, you know, your life? But it kind of goes on to the further thing of, you know, if people say that you are good, how do you actually know that you're good? Right. Because there's so much crap out there that people say is good. Well, how do you
0: – okay. Do you do you want people – let's go a step further. Do you want people to, let's say, purchase your work because somebody told them it was a good purchase or because it affects them emotionally because they had some sort of reaction to the work and want a piece of it in their home?
1: Uh, I would – the the latter, right? But mm-hmm. if I became well-known enough that I could make a whole lot of money for people buying my stuff because they think that it's good even – because they've been told that it's good even though they don't necessarily think that it is or can't decide – Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look. I'm not going to say no. People want to throw me money because they're stupid. That's fine. But you know,
0: like right, right, right.
1: But but that's not what I'm going for. But I right. think there are some people who it's all about the hype.
0: Well, I, I mean, I, you know, using this this film as an example, I think there's a lot of that surrounding Shepherd Fairey, surrounding absolutely, you know, yeah, yeah, Ope yeah absolutely. Giant, exactly. Um, I've got, uh, I think I've got seven of his pieces now, and. I started buying his stuff in 2006, I think, 2005, 2006. Not because there was a lot of hype surrounding it, but because that's when he was coming out with pieces that I really liked. Okay. Uh, I was at Universal still, and my friend Jeff Holmes introduced me to his work. I'd never heard of him before. And, you know, Jeff was, was coming at it from a space of – of design elements of this was, this was art that sort of fused graphic design and street art and graffiti into this, this sort of cohesive whole. And when I first saw his work, I was like, wow, this stuff's really cool. I had no idea of, of this, this idea of, of obey as a as an experiment in phenomenology or, or iconography. I had no idea. I just I just saw the work and it resonated with
1: me. Okay, but do you think that that is art school pretense after the fact? Do you really uh, think that that was his intent? Yes,
0: Yeah. Do you think I he do. was just
1: messing around?
0: No, I, I do. I, okay. I I think I I take him at his word and believe that was his intent. Simply because I've seen and and in the brief conversations that I've had talked about how much time and effort he puts back into his business, yeah. you know, that he still goes around the world, you know, bombing and, and uh, putting up stickers and, and murals. And, you know, th- there is a, a definite passion in what he does. I mean, yeah. there has to be, I think, to take the flack that he's taken and still continue doing it.
1: Yeah. You know, there's an interesting thing about street art that I have. It's like, there is to me that there is a, I know this is sort of like defining pornography, right? You know, it when you see it, mm-hmm. but some of the stuff that people do in street art to me is just straight vandalism graffiti. Yeah. And other stuff is like, wow, that's really ingenious. Yeah. And, 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 and I know that's... that that line is fluid for a lot of people, but like, you know, I see the space invader thing and I think that that's cool. Hmm. Um, I see a lot of the Banksy stuff that I think is really cool, but then there's a lot of stuff where people are essentially just tagging stuff and I'm like, okay, well, that's just stupid.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or you're just some idiot with a stencil and a spray can. Yeah, exactly. and, And you think you deserve, you know, this, this amazing amount of respect for what you're doing. And it's, I don't know how you define which is which other than how it affects you. Right. And I think you can say the same about photography. You know there are people that, that are going to look at Eggleston or even Ansel Adams. I think Ansel Adams is a great technician, but I'm not all that fond of his photographs. right um, They just don't resonate with me. It's like, yeah okay they're they're good, I guess right. but
1: but what, you know. what about stuff that I guess the stuff that I'm talking about is more on that more on the on the um, edge of uh, where where people in the know will look at it and go, that's really not very good. But then everyone around them goes, no, that's really amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's sort of like this cult of personality thing that goes on, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and I think that's somewhat true. I mean, we talked about like on episode five or six or something, we talked about La Chapelle. Right. And I just don't like his pictures, right? You know, I just don't think that they're – I think that they are um, – they're a little too LA for me. Let's, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Um, hey, I, I appreciate the
0: effort and the planning and the shooting and the process that he goes through. But the end result, I agree with you. The end result is just not for me.
1: It just, yeah. And, and to me, it feels like a, it's, 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 it's sizzle over substance to me. Okay, um, And not that every picture needs to be completely substantial, but th- there's a certain amount of, I, I guess I just don't like hype. Mm-hmm. I don't like artificial inflation. Uh, of 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 the seriousness of something or the the quality of something, you know, and it gets to the point where you watch the that exit through the gift shop and you think, you know, what if all these people went in and bought a million dollars worth of his stuff and said that his stuff is good, then f- for all objective purposes, his stuff is good, because if art is only measured by the community around you and what their opinion of it is, right? No, no, I mean, no, I don't think so. If the world says that it's good. Well, who gets to decide then? Then who's the arbiter? You get to decide. You get to decide. As the artist or as a viewer? Uh, Well, I I think you should be able to
0: walk as both. I mean, look. Okay,
1: okay. Or if everyone else in your community says that something is really good, you know, they say, oh, Radiohead is amazing and you don't like Radiohead. Doesn't that make you question like, wow, is my taste bad or am I not hearing it right or am I not seeing this the way it's supposed to be seen?
0: I, I hope not, because I'm not a real big fan of Radiohead. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I never, I never got on that bus. Um, but I mean, I see what you're saying. It, it's, I, I guess, it, it it really depends on the point of view of the creator. Who are you creating for? What's the end product? I mean, if look, if you're a commercial portrait photographer, then, then you're going to compare yourself to other portrait photographers and there's a measure of what is good because that's what sells or that's what gets hired or you know, that's what allows you to continue. If you're a fine art photographer, I think that line becomes a little more blurry. You know, I, yeah, I, I, think I, if, I
1: think that even for your first case, it's necessi- not necessarily true. I mean, then you get into the questions of like what's in fashion right now. You know, sure. um, you know, people don't like to hire me because I make my things look like paintings and they want them to look like Polaroids, you know. Right, right. Um, I mean, there's there was a lot of that for a few years where people people liked the stuff that was really flat and I never understood it. And I was like, wait a minute, my stuff isn't flat. So can I get some work? And they're like, yeah, we're kind of into this flat look right now. Right. <laughs> That's Which, what it felt like the world was like.
0: But, but that doesn't make – That doesn't make the work any less good. Uh,
1: Well, uh, I guess not. But if you, if, if. I mean, it's a bigger question, I guess, of, of, of uh, does, does popular aesthetic. If you're not listening to other people and you're only trusting yourself, then how do you know you're not delusional? You don't. Right. That's the part that scares me. Yeah, you don't. Is is being the guy who thinks his stuff is amazing, who is making like utter crap.
0: Well, look, I mean, we were talking before the show on the phone. Uh, I I was saying how, you know, I've been spending a lot of time looking at other people's work lately, not just the photographers that we talk about on the show, but, you know, uh, the photographer who's got a, you know, T2i and a kit lens in, you know, the Ukraine who's just doing this amazing work. You know, who may or may not be aware of anybody that we talk about on the show. Right. Um, but is taking better pictures than I will ever take, yeah. you know? True. And, and I've, I'm just finding that there is no shortage of amazing work out there from people you have never heard of.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, uh, my friend Tatiana yesterday asked if we're going to start having our photographers of the week be really current people. Like whoever's hot right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's how I took her took her question, and I, I kind of said no because I don't want to get into the fashion of photography. You know, I
0: would agree with that.
1: I mean, I, I'd like to talk about you know, there's certain people who are still working today, like Platon, who we talked about last week, who have been around for a while, who are very established. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, those people are fair game, but then you get into, oh, you know, Joe Schmo is, 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 oh, he's, did you see this new thing? That's the big hit on Gizmodo or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, well, that's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about bodies of work. Well,
0: um, and I, I think that, that the people that we've talked about so far are an interesting cross section to lead us to where we're at now. They're an interesting cross section of a very early photography straight photography, composite photography. Um, yeah. and I think Portrait all, Street, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there to, to look back on that will let you look forward. If that makes any sense.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's true. Like it's a good base.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. two right off the top of my head, uh, Kurtesh and Aceh, yeah. who I'd, I'd never heard of. Yeah, And, and now I'm just like, Oh my gosh, yeah. you know, these, th- these guys are
1: amazing. Well, you know what? They, they give you, they give you some sort of, uh, they give you a basis in which to compare stuff, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, you, you, <laughs> it's, you, you need, a, you need a ruler and, and the kind of people we talk about are the rulers, I guess. Yeah. And I don't mean rulers in the sense of emperor. I mean, ruler is the sense of foot long thing with inches on it. Right. Um, so I, you know you need something to to, to measure, and they are the, the people that we choose. I think are good measuring sticks, and I, I think that's how I like to think about it. But it's still you know it's 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 movies like that documentary though that make you start questioning. It makes me happy that I'm not in that art world that is all about how you present yourself, and. How who you get to say that you are X so that you can be X? You know, you get Shepard Fairey to give you a quote. People will respect you because Shepard Fairey says to respect you. Right. Well, I I think scary. your,
0: Your shelf life is potentially a lot
1: shorter and a lot more volatile. Potentially, but is it okay? But is it actually or? Is is that a myth right there? Is is the is there is the idea that if you build it up slowly, it'll last longer? Is that actually a myth too?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think it is a myth. But and what I what I mean to say is is in in that world of of kind of pop art, street art, it seems that there are more frequent comings and goings of who's hot and who's not.
1: Okay, sure. Yeah, the, the, maybe.
0: The, it, whereas photography seems to be more of a bell curve.
1: Okay, yeah, maybe. It's and weird. maybe
0: that's just my perception of it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it, they're they're difficult measures to make. Uh, I don't know, a little bit confusing. It, it, I just it the idea of of everything being just a big popularity contest scares me mm-hmm. reminds me of high school
0: well i mean I, I think again i think part of it is a popularity contest but you you look at things like this like the peter Good yang thing video we're popular. yeah right <laughs> well you're popular <laughs> uh you know you look at things like peter yang and the john yep. contino video and and you see these people who are absolutely in love with what they do true that inspires me
1: yes true yeah, there are good people out there. I guess I just want to—I want to elevate the good people and demote the hype. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. What do I know? I don't know anything anymore, Jeffrey. <laughs> I really don't know that I know anything anymore. Sometimes I get so <sighs> spun up in these mental thoughts that I just get lost in them.
0: Well, I think, I think a lot of people do, you know, um, but look, I, I have tried to, in, in this year, um, last year was really tough. Last year was, was one of, if not the most difficult years of my adult life, uh, um, barring the death of my mother. Okay. Even,
1: um, even with this wonderful show we've started Even with this wonderful show we've
0: started Yeah Be, Because I, I in, in some ways it, it made it more difficult Because I was seeing And talking every week About this amazing work that other people were doing Yeah Not me You know I was wow. seeing and talking about It's probably because you
1: don't own a camera
0: <laughs> <laughs> There it is <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, no, I do. I do. I just don't have. Yeah. Ugh, don't even get me started. My phone anyway. doesn't count. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> then, then, then that's correct. I don't <laughs> own a camera. You know, it, 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 it exacerbated what I was already feeling. You know, it, it, it reminded me each and every week that I wasn't doing anything. Right. But thirty-six weeks later, you know, from when we started the show you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm not changing a ton and you don't have to, you know, it's like a kaleidoscope. You, you change your, your view slightly, you change your perspective slightly and the whole thing falls away to something new. And, and I, I really feel that, that this year I've made some conscious choices to uh, embrace certain areas of my life and certain behaviors and abandon others. And okay. I, I'm noticing a difference in how I'm proceeding
1: changes. You know, people always talk about, you know, it's a good con. It's a good topic change. Mm-hmm. Um, some people say that people never change. Uh, I, I would have agreed with that. And I do in some ways agree with that uh, up until when I talked about uh, last week, I talked about how I started that daily project back in 2004. Right. And it was that one day that I decided to start doing stuff. And ever since then, I've been doing stuff. Right. And if it weren't for that change in my own life, I would say that it's people don't change. So that if people, there are people out there who are procrastinators, you know what? They're always going to be a procrastinator. Sure. This person makes excuses. Well, they're always just going to make excuses. Um, Yeah. I I don't, incremental
0: change doesn't stick. Yeah. It's got to be the cathartic, you know. I'm yeah. going to go forward, or I'm going to make a right turn, um, and it starts with with little things, but it has to build.
1: Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I, I if 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 the changes that you've made are of that ilk, then more power to you.
0: Look, they're, they're dramatic enough where Nikki has noticed. Not it's not just in my head. Well— they're, they're dramatic enough where other friends have gone, you know, already, what's going on with you this year?
1: So you saw a plastic surgeon or something?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've got a follow-up in a week.
1: Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Had to do it. Dick. <laughs> uh, good uh, yeah. stuff.
0: You know, I mean, it, it and this idea of deciding to put work into the stream for consumption, for critique, for review, that's a big step.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you scary know? for you?
0: Uh, yes, yes.
1: Because you Be- think that people may laugh at you?
0: Because for a lot of years, I have placed my own, or I, I have, I, I have, I have evaluated or or ascertained my own self worth based on the work that I've done, not who I am, but what I've done. Okay where I work, what title I have, whatever that kind of thing is, right? Which is all nonsense. But that's that's how I decided how valuable as a person I was, you know? And I've tried to str- stray away from that. But I don't know that when, when your job or when you're wired to – be creative or try and create things because that's such an objective endeavor. Yeah. It has to be at least partially what defines you, what people think of your work because that work is personal and an extension of you that has to factor into how you see yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm, I'm still wrestling with that, but forward doesn't seem like such a crazy deviation.
1: Uh no true okay that's fair makes you feel good absolutely well that's that's the important part uh you yeah. know part of the uh you uh putting work out there is your new Squarespace site
0: I am I am building yeah I am building my own new site I'm doing a new new photo blog new blog new portfolio site for the painting for the photography. Uh, and are we announcing
1: yeah, any of this at any point, or what? What is the? What is your plan? Um,
0: I am hoping that it will be done in the next few days, so we can talk about it next show. But yeah, I'm I'm doing I'm using Squarespace partially as an experiment. I'm taking our own advice. Okay. You know, we we tell people weekly what what a great platform it is, and over the last few days, I've really gotten a chance to to kind of take a look at the back end and and it's you know. Just for the visual CSS editor alone is worth the price of entry. Yeah. You know, just to not have to be in an editor to alter site-wide colors, site-wide fonts, uh, spacing, padding, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, to to be able to do it visually, either with sliders or literally dragging content boxes on the the screen.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean... You know, the light bulb just, it didn't go on. It, it like, burst, you know? It was like, <laughs> why am I not doing this on every single project? You it's know what I mean? It's pretty
1: cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, th- so, if for those of you who don't know, and if you're listeners to this show, you probably do know, uh, Squarespace is, is website hosting and software all in one, and it's absolutely the best place to host your website. Um, the, the guys at Squarespace are really good to us, and they they... they they have uh, supported the show uh, a lot and, you know, and for good reason, because you guys are exactly uh, the guys and girls, I guess, uh, are exactly the, the kind of people that should be using Squarespace. I mean, it's, it's fantastic for portfolios, right? Right. Which is why Jeffrey's using it.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to take – look, I can build my own website. I, I can use one of the other platforms that are out there. I can code it by hand if I want to. But – Why, if, 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 if all of the tools are there in an intuitive, responsive package, why am I going to bang my head against a wall writing code all night?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some security thing that comes up and you got to fix that. Yeah. Yeah, Or this
0: plugin isn't compatible with this version and blah. I
1: mean, it's just. These guys are dealing with all of that. Yeah. Uh, And, and it's just, yeah. So these are, these are clean templates, great design. They're all responsive, go all the way down to cell phones. So they're, they they work on mobile and the whole rest of it. Um, it's, it. They're just totally the way to go. You can import your old content from an old blog from WordPress or Tumblr. Uh, you can export uh, and announce stuff to Twitter and Facebook. You can add uh, your Amazon affiliate ID so that when you link to Amazon items, you can do searches right inside of the Squarespace editor to look for a book to add to a uh, blog post, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's just um, the amount of it's very thoughtful stuff. And uh, now they've got this new iPad app that we mentioned last week called portfolio that keeps all, all the content on your website. It keeps it in sync with this app on your iPhone and iPad which is offline, so you could take your iPad with you, and it stays in sync with all the all the work that you have up on your up on your site. Right, it's amazing. Yeah.
0: So if you're if you're sitting in a, a potential client's office, or you're you're you know meeting at a restaurant or a cafe or something, and and for whatever reason there's no Wi-Fi, your work is still with you. Yeah, your entire portfolio is still with you.
1: Yeah, and looks really good doing it too. Yeah. Uh, and, and full res and the whole thing. It's just, it's, it's amazing. Their, their tools are really, really great. Uh, and you can go try them out for free for two weeks. So you just go to squarespace.com, uh, slash OTP and you can try out, uh, their, their whole system for two weeks. No credit card needed, no nothing. Uh, you just give them a name and an email address and, 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 and you go, right. Uh, It's pretty great too. Uh, and you get twenty four seven support even on your trial. So if you try it out, and if you you know have questions, you call them up and they'll they'll give you answers. You know, um, they're just really good people. So there's there's two pricing levels they got. If you buy annually, if you buy by the year, it's either eight bucks a month or sixteen bucks a month. But the sixteen bucks a month is like unlimited pages, unlimited bandwidth, unlimited storage, unlimited contributors, like the whole nine yards. You know, right? Uh, they right. even give like Mailchimp and Google Apps Sync, which is crazy crazy stuff um so for $16 a month it's like it's all pretty much all-inclusive web kind of stuff and they give you a custom domain and everything Mm -hmm. uh they're good they're good and if you decide to buy go try them for two weeks if you decide to buy uh you can use our offer code which is take better pictures all one word for the month of january take take better pictures exactly uh and you will get 10 percent off so you get you know free money essentially free And you'll help support the show. It's like a bailout. It's it's kind of like a bailout. (laughs) It's like a bailout. Um, And so apparently, too, there's a whole new developer thing, developer side of things, where you can get full control of CSS and HTML and the whole thing while still using their engine. Oh yeah, uh, which I is. haven't tried yet. Have you pl- played with this? So yeah,
0: well? uh, yeah. When you when you're previewing your site, uh, there's a little there's a little floating tool palette, and if you click the paintbrush, uh, that that slides open this this uh, CSS window where you can control, like I mentioned before, colors and fonts. But and, no, but and, even,
1: even more than that, you can like full control. Go all the way down and make your own templates. Apparently.
0: Yes. Yes, uh, you can inject uh, code JavaScript or CSS okay. uh, header footer code um, and and what's what 's cool about it is like when you when you click the custom CSS button there's a warning that comes up that says, "Look, <laughs> if you don 't know what you 're doing basically don 't go do any this. further yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, none shall pass kind of thing uh, but if if you are familiar with with coding and CSS and and kind of rolling your own. The provision is there for you to extend what are already really cool templates even further.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So I'm, I'm pretty excited about, about you know, uh, what's going to be able to be accomplished with this thing.
1: Yeah, you're enjoying your time with it then?
0: Uh, so far, yeah. I'm, I'm still kind of in the planning things and, and uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool.
1: Ah, Squarespace. So if you don't have a website, you need a new website, you want to try something a little easier than what you may be using now, squarespace.com slash OTP. Offer code to get 10% off is take better pictures. And uh, we thank them for their support. Squarespace is everything you need to create an exceptional website. Uh, I like them. Yeah. You know what it is? They're the kind of web company that I think the world needs more of. (laughs) You know, smart, well-designed, clean. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's look they they put companies that that put user experience ahead of or at least on par with features and engineering. That that's kind of works out to a good thing normally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I just I just like that. Yeah. All right. So we got lots of news too today.
0: Uh, sure. I like this photo bar thing.
1: You like this photo bar thing? All right, t- yeah, t- tell why me, not? Tell me about what, what, what do you think?
0: Okay, Oops. so go, go ahead. You want to describe it? What
1: is it? Apparently there's retail stores where you can bring your stuff in and get it printed. Is that the idea? Uh,
0: yes, uh, backed by Polaroid. Okay, they're, they're called Photobar with an F because they're cool like that. Right, because uh, they're German. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we will print your photos. Photo Photo <laughs> Go ahead. Everybody wears black turtlenecks. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Uh the first one is in oddly Delray Beach, Florida.
1: What's in Which Delray Beach, Florida?
0: I, I don't know. That seems that seems an odd first location, but okay. Uh and and they've uh they've got computers and and you can bring in your images or bring in your smartphone and uh make printouts of of your Instagram photos or Picasa photos or or you know uh, whatever else you want to print, and you can, and they'll print on different substrates, which is kind of cool. You can have it printed on metal or bamboo. Okay, um,
1: metal would be kind of cool.
0: I, I have had some things printed on aluminum, and they look fantastic.
1: Have you ever bought sheets of aluminum and and laminated stuff to it, mounted on aluminum? No. How do? Where do you go to buy sheets of aluminum? And is it is it expensive?
0: Uh, it is expensive. It's, it's based on thickness. Okay. Um, and if you now there are a couple different ways to do it i i uh have printed on aluminum i've never I've never laminated things to it, but I've used uh this product called ink aid, which is uh, uh an inkjet receptor uh, if you try to print directly on aluminum, the ink is just going to bead and it will never dry yeah so ink aid acts as a, a, a receptor for the ink allowing it to dry and not bubble or, or bead. And basically you, you put several coats of this stuff down and run the sheet of aluminum through the printer and you can print directly on it.
1: Could I do that at home?
0: Yeah, I did it on my 3,800.
1: Wow. Okay. That's cool. Anyway, so back to photo bar. So yeah. <laughs> the, the, okay. The only thing that I don't like about this is that it's not cheap.
0: No, it's – no, it's no
1: Basic Polaroid-style printouts start at about $15 yeah. and are ready within 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. So the problem is that can't you go to CVS with your card and get prints in 10 minutes for 20 cents a piece? Probably. So w- explain.
0: I, I don't know. I'm not, sh- I'm, I'm not sure of the market. I, I hope this isn't kind of a style over substance. It looks vaguely like an Apple store.
1: Okay. Yes, it does. And it, there's a, there's a, a call out in one of these, uh, in the article, this is up on slate.com, uh, one early photo bar customer ordered a $2,000 print of a family vacation snapshot on a five by seven foot acrylic, um, to hang above the living room couch, $2,000 for a print. That's like, that's it's a cool. lot. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting thing. Is this actually going to turn around Polaroid? Um, I don't know. How many you know, people it, actually want prints other than people like us?
0: Hopefully more. You know, I, and at, if it does turn around Polaroid, if they can adjust their business model to kind of stay in the game and, and reinvent themselves somehow, good on them. Yeah. You know, I think that's fantastic. Uh, at that price point, though, they're knocking out an enormous section of the market.
1: Yes. Yeah. My mom will never go there. Not that my yeah. mom prints photos anyway.
0: Um, Look, I mean, it, it looks like a great idea on paper, but, yeah. you know, f- find your local lab and support your local lab.
1: Yes. There you go. You know,
0: I've, you. I've got one near me called Metro Photo. Uh, it's owned by a total sweetheart named Ike. Uh, he and his wife own it. They do fantastic work. And, you know, find find your local lab and, and have some things printed and... and provide help provide a means for them to stay around for a little while
1: i agree i know totally um hey so there's a rumor going around that said the photoshop cs2 was going to be for free
0: yeah i saw that um i, I think that's largely been debunked i think w- the last thing i read was Where did that it come
1: it, from originally then
0: um i don't know if petapixel put it up first i'm not sure um But uh, one of the other sites ran a story that said basically what happened was uh, Adobe is shutting down the CS2 activation servers. Okay. So it's not that they're giving, you know, the the software away for free. Uh, Here, let me see if I can find it. It's uh, that there's just no activation if if you download or have downloaded um, the binary and and the key. Here, let me see if I can see
1: find it, it. looks okay, but here's the thing. You can go there's links here if you go to Adobe.com slash download slash CS2 underscore downloads slash index.html. I know long long thing. Right. But I got off the lifehacker article and there are installed disks there and downloads and serial number codes for all of it. Mm. So I think there's a little misinformation.
0: Uh, Yeah, Adobe is saying that it was never their intention to give away CS2. It was simply a fix for users who needed to reinstall their software using an activation server that's no longer active. It's unclear what will happen with the software, but after receiving such an incredibly wide coverage, it's unlikely that they'll just pull it down. Look, what do they care? Why don't they? It's... it's, It was released in 2005. Yeah. Are they no, really going to no lose that No serious
1: professional is going to be using CS2 now, just for compatibility reasons, and on top of the fact that on a Mac, uh, it's still CS2 was still PowerPC. It wasn't Intel, right? So you can't use it on any modern Mac. You got to go back to what was the last one that had the stuff in it? snow leopard Uh, or leopard or
0: I think, uh, no, well, I think it was leopard was the last one to have Rosetta.
1: Okay. So you got to go back and use a five-year-old Mac too to use it.
0: So yeah. What do they care?
1: Yeah. I think that for windows, actually, it's a bigger deal because you know, windows, you can still run stuff. Right. Uh, so you could get a copy of CS2 and run it on win seven or win eight and it would probably work fine. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, here's the thing. I, I, think, it was, I think it was Gary or one of these guys, one of my friends who's like, you know, big developer people. But, you know, Gary sort of invented uh, 3D Studio Max. Right. And, you know, in the beginning, I remember in college getting bootleg copies of 3D Studio. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had,
0: I had bootleg copies of 3d studio. Exactly. That's how you learned it. Exactly. You,
1: you, and, and you couldn't afford to
0: spend eight, $9,000, which is what it was at the time.
1: And people made the comments, same things about windows. They were just like, if windows hadn't been pirated all the get up, it wouldn't be this monstrous thing that it is today. Sure. Um, that getting things like Photoshop in the hands of students is a smart thing to do. Now, yes, they have student copies, but even the student copy of CS6 is still like $700, $700 $800, something like that. For the, for
0: the whole suite. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, uh, I think if Photoshop is like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, um, 199 To me, though, Photoshop should be $199, period. Mm-hmm. They they would probably make more money in the long run if Photoshop cost two hundred dollars rather than six hundred dollars because all of the people who are stealing it would buy it for two hundred dollars. Well, a lot more of them. A lot sure. more of them. Yeah, you know, um, you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, so well, and I, I think and look, it's, I think it would be a, it would be a smart thing to say. You know what? For a version of this software that is you know the perennial image creation software, the five version olds version, we're going to give it away for people to use. I think that would be a really smart thing to do because then people would go, oh, this is really amazing. Oh, I, now I know how to use Photoshop. Oh, there's all these new features in the new version if I pay to get it. right? You know, It's, it's just smart. Well, look, it, the,
0: I, I'm kind of against the whole idea of, of this militant level of copy protection because I, I think the amount of money that these companies put into it uh, could be better served by putting into uh, fixing bugs, extending features, uh, increasing usability, redesigning user interfaces. Um, you know, the people whatever who are going
1: to steal it are going to find a way to steal it. They're anyway. going
0: to, f- yeah. And and the thing is, the people that are cracking these software packages
1: are smarter than the people who are making. The, 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 yeah,
0: they, yeah, well, they're smart. They've got an unlimited amount of time. They've got yep. an unlimited amount of resources. Yep. Yeah. So I,
1: I think it was within 3 or 4 hours or actually I think it might have even been before Adobe Creative Suite 6 came out there were cracks. Yeah. Yeah, there were zero day copies all over the place. Right. So if the people are cracking it within hours of it coming out, how how useful is it? Right. Now, you could say well, you know, that that might be fine for somebody who really knows what they're doing with computers, but your mom is never going to do that. Well, you know what? my mom's not going to be stealing Photoshop anyway. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> right. you're, you're sort of, it's a false. Yeah, it's,
0: you know, it, it's it's the same mentality as, as the FBI warnings on yeah. a DVD. Yeah. Well, I'm watching the DVD, so I don't need to see the FBI warning. And if I'm watching a ripped
1: copy, they've ripped that portion out. Yeah. Yeah, true. So yeah. who are you doing this for? Yeah. I was when I first saw the the post yesterday and a couple of friends of mine sent it to me. I was like, "You know what? That's a really smart idea. You know, give away the old version. Uh and then all this crazy updates came out and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, it's not it's true but not true. It's kind of true." Right. I don't know. It just it just seems like it would be a smart idea.
0: Yeah. I mean, at this point with the publicity that they're getting about this and with with the juice that the story has, why not? What are they yeah. going to lose? Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh so you let's update on Jeffrey search for a camera week 27
0: <laughs> a month 27 uh, uh, so yeah. Fuji
1: the CES came out right yeah uh, or is happening and Fuji has announced update for that X100
0: which is a sexy little camera, which
1: is the little range thing non replaceable lens just as uh, right. one single prime lens on the front which is like a thirty five millimeter equivalent
0: right um, twenty three millimeter f 2.0
1: it's got optical viewfinder it's got uh, EVF and you can switch between them hmm and it's the the x100 was pretty hot the x 100 s faster processor new sensor, which is the same as in the X one pro and all those other high end cameras, right?
0: Uh, actually it's one beyond that. Okay. It's, it's the version two of that sensor that, that also includes uh phase detection for autofocus. Okay. So, right. So
1: now it's got this crazy feature where in the EVF it's basically got sort of a split, a digital split prism kind of thing for focusing.
0: Yeah. Cool. Huh?
1: Which actually looks pretty darn cool. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll admit that if I was going to get a second camera, that is the camera I would get.
0: I'm, you know, it's odd that they would put that particular feature on a fixed lens camera.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, can I tell you one thing though? Yeah, sure. So apparently there's a new, you, there are multiple uh, 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 aspect ratios available on that camera. Right. So you could tell it to shoot at four by five or three by two or whatever it is. They've added one by one and the, the the essentially the field of view of a 35 millimeter lens like the one on there square is -hmm. almost identical to the field of view of a Hasselblad with an 80 millimeter lens see so basically you could get this shoot square and you'd get the results very similar results to as if you were shooting with a Hasselblad 500 with a standard lens tempting I thought that would make you tempt a little bit. Yeah,
0: it's twelve It doesn't come out until March, though. Do, oh. do I want to wait until March?
1: I don't know, but it's a hot little camera.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe I get something now and then get that as well as a second camera when it comes out.
1: You need, I you don't. need two cameras?
0: <laughs> I'm fancy like that. Yeah,
1: apparently. Anyway, very, very nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, you know, we were going to talk about this other article about where are we are going with this, but I think we should save that for next week that's a huge discussion it's A big discussion and, i think that yeah. should be our main discussion for next week agreed that's a really good one so yeah we'll so
0: don't don't forget to tune in next week because that's that's going to be a great one too yeah
1: um all right so let's man we got tons of emails and you do you want to do this
0: this uh video stills thing
1: yeah well yeah we could talk okay let's talk about that that let's, was from last week or right, two weeks okay. ago well, we'll put that in the emails well, let's talk about your art or not googler thing what do you think
0: uh yeah, I mean I I look, I sure. Uh, we'll explain, what we're talking tell about, a little bit about this. Okay. Uh this artist is using uh Google Earth photographs or, or or bits and pieces from Google Earth to create these collages. And and the question surrounding it is is it art if you didn't I guess if you didn't take the photograph is is one aspect of it. Um but but just is it art? In general. And look, I I, I don't know that, that I can say definitively. Well, I do know. I can't say definitively if, if it's art or not. Do I think it's cool? Absolutely. You know, would I hang one of these in my house? No, because I probably can't afford them. But they're neat. Yeah. You know? Uh,
1: I think that they're good. Yeah, I like them. I think they're really cool. Uh, I also think that they are... <sighs> I think okay. Th- there was a thing a little while ago where people were um, were were taking pictures. It, w- it was a guy who was taking portraits of people from Google Earth. Mm-hmm. So he'd find people somewhere in the Google Earth where the car drove by them, or Google Maps rather, Street View. Right. And would st- like basically copy one of the pictures that the truck took that had a person in it and say that's a portrait and it's my work. Hmm. That I thought was a bunch of BS.
0: Yeah, that's I. Yeah, agreed. That was stupid. I, I think that what what this uh, her name is Jenny Odell. Um, what she's doing is uh, changing it fundamentally. Changing yes, the, the the images from Google Earth are are merely building blocks for these collages which which she has to assemble into something cohesive
1: they are the source material for her to make her own art sure sure i think and they're i fantastic. think that there is a lot to say about that yeah i think they're great yeah um so it's you know it's very interesting we'll have to put a link in the show notes but I, mm-hmm. I i say this is art i do not think that the guy who uh did the google the street view portraits is art that's bs yeah okay yeah all right so what's next on the list
0: Uh, user, listener emails, which we got a ton of. Bunch of them. Uh, we're not going to be able to get to all of them, but let's, let's tackle. All speed round. What do we got? Uh, Alan. Finding subjects, uh, if one is not fancy and doesn't know celebrities, writers, and (laughs) not just internet famous people. You're going to take this one. Go ahead. Um. (laughs) So if you're not fancy, (laughs) how do you find people to shoot?
1: Craigslist? Sure. Twitter? Twitter. Facebook? Um, friends of friends of friends, you know, uh, when I did 365 portraits, it was, I got a lot of mostly volunteers, Mm -hmm. uh, and I put a call out and just said, you know, if anybody wants to be in this, let me know. And then I had a little thing on the site. So when people came to see it and they said, want to be a subject like, you know, do this. And I had hundreds of people. Um, but when I started out, once I got through a few of the obvious people in my life, um, I ended up going with, um, I started with Craigslist and that got mm-hmm. me enough people who got me other people who got me other people. Finding subjects isn't easy. Finding subjects that are interesting. Isn't easy. You know, not everyone makes a good picture. Um, when I see people, sometimes I'll go up to them and be like, hi, uh, you know, the problem is being a guy. It's very difficult to go to a pretty girl and say, I'm a photographer. I want to take your picture. Mm-hmm. Cause then, then I just sound like Jeffrey and that's just creepy. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, uh, it is, you know, it's, it's easier if you can show them some of your work, say, look, this is the kind of stuff I do. I'd love to take your picture sometime. Here's my card. Let me know if you're interested to like, send me an email. Cause then it's on them. Right. You know, if they feel comfortable, they'll do it. If they don't. See, then- I, don't I don't think
0: that sounds cr- I mean, especially if you frame it that way, look, Hey, go take a look at my work. If you like what you see, uh, you get, shoot me an email.
1: Yeah. And there's certain people like just have a, have a vibe to them that's open that you feel like you can approach. And then there's other people who can't, I generally don't approach random people on the street,
0: mm-hmm. but if I
1: meet somebody and I know somebody else knows them, like I'll, you know, you go to some shop or whatever, you would be like, Hey, do you know that girl who works across the street at the place? And they go, Oh yeah. You know, sometimes you can get it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what, when it comes to other people, sometimes just writing them works, you know? Um, I Saying, "Hey,
0: I'd love to take your photograph.
1: Yeah. I, I write, Uh, random people all the time, you know, people who I'm uh, fans of and that stuff. In fact, I'm shooting somebody today that it kind of happened that way. So, um, you want me to tweet Ann Curry for you? Yeah. Yeah. I know you guys are (laughs) BFFs. I'm working on that. Actually. I'm working on the, the Ann Curry angle too. Um, but I, okay. So, so it's, it's not easy, but the trick is to put out a lot of, uh, throw out a lot of lines and hopefully you'll get a bite on a few of them.
0: I th- and I, I think that it seems anyway that once you start the ball rolling, that it will sort of feed off of itself.
1: Uh, it does. And you also will find that there's certain people in your life who you can shoot over and over and over again. I, mm-hmm. My friend Mary or Heather, in fact, uh, I've shot, you know, I think there's three or four pictures in my portfolio that are of Heather. You wouldn't know that they're all of Heather because she's a little bit of a chameleon. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with my friend Mary. Who is like this little redheaded girl who, you know, I've take pictures of all the time. She's the one hanging off the edge of the roof. Sure. She's the one on both of those book covers. Um, I've taken tons of pictures of her. Uh, so there are those people in your life that you can shoot over and over again who are still fun each time, you know. Um, and then as, as far as locations go, um, I am not really good at scouting locations or rather uh, sometimes I'm inspired and I'll see something. and I'll be like, oh, I got to go take a picture there and I go do it. But oftentimes I am scrambling with the people to then try to make something good out of nothing, uh, or you know, try to find some place in the place that we are, which is mm-hmm. difficult sometimes.
0: I mean, um, you, you've got a lot of stuff around you though in New York and Brooklyn. Do you have or do you keep any sort of visual a lot of it's boring. diary yeah. of
1: of everything? Yeah. You know, I really should sort of. There's. I wonder if there's an app for the phone, like a location app for the phone, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. You could be like, oh, this is a cool location. Snap a picture. It puts it on a map with a pin. Right. And then you can just sort of click around. That'd and be if a there's cool not, app.
0: That, that would be an on taking pictures app.
1: Yeah, it would. We're going to steal it. we got to make a note would- of that. That's a hey, good if
0: anybody, we're going to copyright that, so don't steal it. <laughs>
1: location <laughs> scout.
0: Yeah, wouldn't that be uh,
1: cool? Yeah, that, see, that kind of thing would be awesome. Um, in fact, I should find something like that. Uh, and if
0: not, reach out to some of the fancy folks and let's, let's do a cool UI and put that out there.
1: Yeah. That'd be kind of nice. But, uh, I, there are times when I see things like uh, when I was doing Drabbles, you know, I saw a, um, one of those little coin operated horse machines outside of a, uh, a, a drug store uh-huh. know, like for little kids. Sure. And, you know, I was like, Oh, I should put an adult on it. Like she's actually riding a horse. And so we did it, you know, like that was silly. Um, but it was there and I, you know, we we made it happen. That happens sometimes. But most of the times in the backgrounds and most of the pictures that, I, that you see of mine are I'm in the place with the person and I'm like, okay, what would work? Mm-hmm. Um, I really, one of my uh, new, new resolutions is to be more deliberate about backgrounds and locations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so anyway, that's, that's something of an answer for Alan. I don't know if that's a good answer, but...
0: Um. Marianne, vi- video stills as photographs.
1: Yeah. So there's this argument that once we have 4K video cameras that we don't need stills anymore because we could just take a frame of video. Rubbish. What do you think?
0: Rubbish. Why? Uh, be- because it, it, it that that becomes sort of the ultimate expression of, of spray and pray. You're, you're just filming yes. everything and then extracting... You know, some, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no intent. It doesn't become deliberate. You're just shooting everything and then pulling something you're culling or curating something out of it. That's yeah. ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I, th- I wholeheartedly agree. Um, the whole point of photography is making choices mm-hmm. and editing reality. And if you're going to do that editing after the fact, you're just putting off the decision-making process. You know, and, and the argument on this article is that there are micro expressions that you may or may not see or can't capture in time uh, for photographs. And I mean, there's there's the there's something to be said for it for specific uses. Um, but I don't think that it ends up looking, it ends up being a little bit of a cheat. You're right. Is the it's the ultimate spray and pray.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the risk of being that you know, get off my lawn you know, old man with the hose. I, this is, this is, this is bad for photography.
1: I agree. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not a good sign. And you know what? Most of the time that I've seen stills taken out of video, they're not as good as you think they are mm-hmm. as stills, like um, technically, you know, focus and blur and all that kind of stuff is, is, is usually pretty bad in, in, I mean you don't notice it when it's in motion but like stop a frame and they're not print worthy images well look it, regardless if of the resolution
0: if it's 30 frames per second right so then each exposure is a 30th of a second yeah and you're going to get all of the 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 inherent negatives that come along with shooting photographs at a 30th of a second exactly
1: yep exactly and you don't have as much control over light, you know, and that kind of stuff. And so it's not, it's not, um, that's not where things are going. It's the same thing I felt about that Lytro camera, right? You know, that weird little thing that
0: sure focus after the fact.
1: Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, that's neat, but it's not going to replace regular cameras. You know? I hope not. Yeah. It's not that, that thing did nothing. No one wants them. Uh, it's, it's, it's a cool gimmick and it's could be useful in very specific scenarios, you know? maybe if you're shooting macros with it or something so you could like zoom through the macro that'd be cool Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be like your mainstay press camera or something like that right i don't know just kind of stupid um but thank you very much marion for the email i it's i don't i just disagree with the intent i guess of, of that whole thing
0: what else you got uh, you want to uh, talk about uh, the meditation? You got a couple emails about
1: yeah, meditation. So last week I was talking about some of the last pictures I took in my December series. And one of them was of uh, Deborah Yoon uh, at this crazy uh, art show where I ended up making a collage of pictures that I took during the show.
0: Yeah, and- very, very much a right turn from what you normally do.
1: Yeah. And a bunch of people said, Oh, it's a breakthrough. This it's wonderful that, and it's, you know, something new and amazing. And I, on the last show kind of said, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really like it. It was a cop out. Like I was cheating mm-hmm. by doing that. Cause I couldn't find something else that worked. And one of the people who commented and said breakthrough is a guy named Charles Silverman, who is a fan of the show and wrote in, uh, and said that he wanted to clarify, um, he did not see, he said he, he see, he did not see meditation as a new direction. I think it is arguably more a piece of art made with photographs than it is a photograph. I completely agree, Charles. Yet I'm drawn to it in a way that I've yet to be drawn to your previous work. I like your photograph. Uh, I like, I feel like your photographs ask me to view them for a rat from a rational place where meditation is very different. I thought about you posting something so different came to the conclusion that you didn't get the shot you were looking for. So you were like, F it which is true. Um, My guess was confirmed after listening to the latest show, but I think that that moment is a newfound fluidity, emotive and less restrained. I'm struggling with this very thing in my own creative endeavors, whether it's music design, photography, professionalism versus perfectionism is the enemy of fluidity. And uh, so he viewed this as a breakthrough for me for the fact that I did something different, not Mm -hmm. that something different that I did was amazing. But but had
0: you have... Let's see. How can I say this? Were you able to get the portrait that you had in your mind's eye or, or a, a portrait that was more in line with what you normally do, this image never would have been made?
1: Probably true, yes.
0: Yeah. So in that, in that respect, is it a breakthrough or is it just uh, making the best of the situation at hand?
1: Uh, and I thought. Not to I th-
0: say that – go ahead. I thought it was the latter
1: okay yeah uh, it's you know another guy friend of mine said it's a it's a fun experiment, but it's not what I want to see from you. It mm-hmm. effectively reveals nothing of your subject, and it's ultimately an extremely frustrating image for me. artsy, yes, but I'm not a big fan of the artsy, so interestingly, one guy says it's not what I want to see from you, and Charles says. I I'm drawn to it in a way that I've yet to be drawn to your other work. Mm -hmm.
0: It is when I what I want to see from you. Exactly. So, so
1: in some ways it's sort of what we were saying last week where, you you know, people are coming in with a certain expectation. Sure. And you trying to do something about that is, is just going to be frustrating at times.
0: Now, if, if this inspires you down this road intentionally, I'm curious to see what that's going to, what that's going to do.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I don't think that I'm going to start doing that kind of stuff. Uh, I'll leave that for you and your paste wash. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, you just, you're just ripping me today. What? what what's no, I'm trying on? to inspire you to do more work so you can send right. one to me so I can keep it and sell it later for millions yep. of dollars.
0: Nice. There it is.
1: After Banksy makes a movie about you. <laughs> um, it, 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 look, it's, it's, I, I, I. It used to be that I would take all of these comments very personally. Mm-hmm. Like, like if someone said, "Oh, I like it better than your other work," I would take Charles' comment as a fence from the point of view of, Oh, he doesn't like my other work then.
0: Right. Where the other guy, Hey, this is great new direction.
1: Exactly. I mean, he's saying, Oh yeah, it's really interesting. Better than your old work. I would say, Oh, you don't like my old work where the other guy saying, I love your old work. Don't go down this stupid road. I'd be like, what? You don't like these new things I'm trying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to be very sensitive and I would lose it on both sides. (laughs) Um, I have recently, you know, last week, um, <laughs> come to this conclusion uh, earlier this morning. Yeah, the, the, you know what? <laughs> Whatever. People people like your work. People don't like your work. There's nothing I can do about it. Right. Just do the work. Just keep making it. And some people are going to love it. And some people are going to hate it. And suck it up. Yeah. Um. You got a crazy
0: email. Uh, I got a great email. Yeah. This I got an email from a, a guy named Mike Wilson, uh, who I have asked if it's okay to share this on the show, and he, he said yes. Uh, it, 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 he himself is, is kind of making a, a, a turn and, and going down a different path. He, uh, about, a, about a month back, he says, uh, I had a woman approach me about doing some modeling for me. We met at a coffee shop and talked about different ideas. This is where I learned of her terrible past. She grew up in a Middle Eastern country where honor killings of women, while not common, uh, is certainly not unheard of. Uh, when she was getting a divorce from her ex-husband, He had her uh, family lure her back to her home country where they took away her passport. And soon after, her brother informed her that he had overheard the rest of the family planning on committing an honor killing on her. Uh, She was able to escape back to America with her young son. Fast forward, uh, she found me online, wanted to do a photo show as a means of therapy. The shoot had a very profound effect on me. Uh, it's all I've been thinking about since we made it. And I've decided that I would like to do more of this work, which I see is very meaningful and have decided that I want to do a series of survivor photos showing what ifs of the people, uh, who survived very traumatic experiences. The problem is I keep coming back to the question, is this exploitative? It certainly doesn't feel that way to me. It feels very cathartic, even empathetic. Um, I feel like I'm sharing a small bit of the terrible experience with them and sharing it with the world. Now uh, he talked to the model afterwards and uh, she wrote to him with, uh, with you and everyone on the team, it was possible for me to come to peace with a situation, seeing that it was turned into something beautiful. It made me very proud that I actually went through it and it was strong enough to gather the pieces to make them look gorgeous. What do you think? He's asking, is this, is this type of project, this sort of endeavor exploitative, uh, he, he asks, Am I just BSing myself about hex, ex, how exploitative it is? Is something objectively exploitative or is it subjective?
1: I think the fact that she came to him uh, absolves him of any sort of exploitation. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but sh- is it exploitative if he now uses this as a springboard to seek out other stories, other similar stories?
1: No, but I think that if I think that if he um I think that if he w- was like, "You know what's going to really get me some press is if right. I find some girl who's going to get stoned and I take pictures of her like right. that to me would be gross.
0: I think his intent is is what, as you said, absolves him of any sort of exploitation. i think i think it, from what from what it sounds like, Mike, if I'm being correct, is this has had such a profound effect on him that he wants to change the course of his work and and celebrate these stories
1: right i th- i think it's his intent and her involvement mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolve him of it um i don't think that that is necessarily yeah i, I that is uh yeah that i personally if i mean if from the point of view of the art that they made i oh would not necessarily have gone quite so literal with it. Right. Um, but that's, that's his game, right? That's his choice to make. Um,
0: well together, it sounds like it was very much a collaborative effort.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, and in some ways though, him making something new, which is to say something more artistic out of a portrait of this woman is in some ways less exploitative than if he had just taking some sort of, Uh, I don't know, you know, solemn sort of depressing portrait of her, Mm -hmm. which was meant to uh, involve sympathy from the viewer. Sure. You know, like, Oh, poor woman. I'm going to feel bad for her and like this photo.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: Um, So in some ways, what they did twists off of there, whether or not it's what I, what I would have done, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that what he's doing is exploitation at all. And it, it you know it reminds me. Um, there's a documentary that I watched the other night. I was in a art documentary mood. Uh, other than the exit through the gift shop, I also watched Wasteland, mm-hmm. which is a documentary about Vic Muniz, who is uh, one of my favorite artists uh, out there. And he Vic takes photographs. Uh, turns them into art with objects and then photographs the results. So, you know, he'll get a three hole punch, punch out a bunch of whole, like little round things from magazines and paint pictures with those. Right. And and then take a photograph of that. And that's his final work, that kind of thing. Um, and he's incredibly good at it where it's sort of like, um, Chuck close next generation, you know? Right. Uh, and so he decided to go down, he's from Brazil So he decided to go down to Rio to where the largest landfill in the world is and get some of the people who work at the landfill as pickers. There's people who climb the mountains of trash and pull out stuff to recycle and then sell it back to recycling people. And he took a bunch of portraits of them recreating a bunch of famous paintings. And then he took those photographs and recreated them in a giant warehouse with a bunch of trash.
0: Right. Right. Actually using trash yeah. a, as, as the elements of the photograph Yeah,
1: at 60 by a hundred feet on the ground, you know, and he was up on this giant, uh, uh, scaffolding and then he would take the picture of it when it was done at the end. Um, uh, by the way, I, I noticed how he actually did it was he used a projection of the photograph mm-hmm. on the floor. Oh, okay. To give it. them
0: something to work around. Exactly.
1: Okay. Which I always wondered how he pulled this stuff off, but that's how he pulls it off. Um, but he hired a few of these pickers to help him actually make the art. And then when it was done, he took uh, one of them to London. The head guy took him to London to uh, to the uh, auction house where they sold it, the print. And the print ended up selling for 28,000 pounds, which is like $50,000. Mm-hmm. And... You know, this guy's very famous, so that's why things sell for a lot of money. And he was giving, I think, most or all of the profits back to these people. It was sort of like, I want to give back to my country kind of thing. Right. But there were some people, there was a section of the movie where he and I think it was wife and and his other producer guy were around there. And they were just like, you know, what are we doing? Are we we're pulling these people out of their lie, their miserable existence that they have that they say they're happy about we've taken them here to help us with this thing and then flown them to London or whatever it is. But when we leave, they're going to be right back where yeah, yeah they were. So we're going to put them right back on the trash. Piece. Exactly. So are yeah. we exploiting them? You know, I mean, even if he's giving up, even if Vic is giving up all of the money for this thing, he's still getting so much good press from, from mm-hmm. a project mm-hmm. like that. That he's making out, right? So even if he gives $50,000 and they build a new community center or whatever the heck they do with the money. Right. Um, Six that, months
0: later, they're back where they were.
1: Exactly. Right. Yeah. So is that exploitation or, you know what? Those people were given a view of something outside of the world that they exist in. You know, this, this you know, poor uh, uh, guy on the trash heaps was taken to London and, you know, walked giving her a thing around and seeing this crazy world of art where things sell for tens of thousands of dollars. Is that – and then he goes back to his thing. Is he better off for having experienced that stuff even if he can't be there, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I don't – It. It. I mean, again, it's back to intent and it doesn't seem that – I mean, because we see him wrestling, Vic, wrestling with this doesn't seem like he was coming from a space of – I'm going to use this to my own ends and exploit these people. There no, there I, seems to have been a genuine
1: Yes, I think he's I think he's doing it with a with a good heart. I just think that the the reality of the situation is that these people yeah. are going back and at the end they talk about how, you know, some of them got off the heap and are now working at restaurants or, you know, the main guy uh has sort of become a bit of a symbol for the poor people in, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. thing. And maybe he'll even go in a political career and, you know, that kind of thing. But again, the, you know, it's, this documentary is a little bit of a puff piece, you know, in sure. the sense that it's from his point of view or from their sure. point of view, you know? Um, but it, it's a good documentary to watch. It's fascinating the way he makes art. It, you know, it brings into question, you know, uh, If he's not the person on the ground actually putting the dirt and the trash on the picture that he's projecting, is he really the artist anymore? You know, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, gets you
0: back to your your Gregory Crudson argument.
1: Yeah. it's By the way, that's on Netflix as well. uh, So you can watch it over there. Um, But, you know, so back to the Mike Wilson exploitation thing. I think that in some ways him going there to create this thing feels more exploitative than what Mike is talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, all of this is somewhat of a moot point because you know what? What I think is exploitation isn't necessarily what somebody else thinks is exploitation. Sure. And somebody could say, even if it is exploitation, then what's wrong with that? You know what I mean? That like if the person says you can take my picture and then I go sell it for $100,000, they said I could take their picture. So, nah, 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 nah you know? So there's-
0: Wow. So, point well made. <laughs>
1: Well, you don't, you understand what no, I'm saying, right? I, know, I mean, I there's certain like sort of you know a dog eat dog. Like I'm I'm a businessman. I'm supposed to make money, right? You know, like that. There's that argument, which you know what I I throw my hands up. I I personally morally don't feel that way.
0: Well, I mean, and and that's that's happened uh, throughout the history of photography, right? Yeah. I mean, it happened with Walker Evans. It happened before Walker Evans. I mean, it, it happened in the early days of photography, taking pictures of of, of blind people and beggars in the street. Yep. And you know, now the the level of financial gain probably wasn't as great as it is now, but the the rules and the intent was still the same. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's like a, there's a friend of a friend who is doing a got a grant and is buying signs of homeless people and photographing them or something. Um, and it's an interesting,
0: wait, wait, back backup. You mean he, like the, like a will work for food. You're buying those yeah, signs. He's
1: basically something. saying how much for your sign. And the people say okay. $5 or $20. And he gives him that and he collects the signs and he's going to photograph the signs. Okay. Um, to me, that's, that's a step over the line to me because if they were, you know, signs of uh uh you know parking this way you know mm-hmm. or whatever people wouldn't care people care because it's homeless people and people who are downtrodden mm-hmm. so you're getting press or you're getting visibility because people are sympathetic to downtrodden people and you're choosing to do that are you actually really helping them at all no you're 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 feeding off of that parasitically i don't know that's yeah. the way i feel
0: yeah, I mean it's. I, I'd have to see the end product. Yeah, you know, right.
1: But see, but the, 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 I would. I would never go. And you're right. Maybe the end product comes out feeling much better than it feels right now. But mm-hmm. the initial thing to me feels like I would never do that. Yeah. Okay. But what I would never do doesn't really matter. You know, right. it's, what, it's it's how you feel about it. So Mike, if you feel like it's not exploitative, then go with it. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, do more. Anyway, that's that's enough about that. I think you think,
0: yeah. Are we okay on time to keep going?
1: Yeah, we should uh, start r- wrapping up. Let's do one more. Let's do. Let's do, do, do Emmett.
0: One more, and then and then photographer uh-huh. of the week. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh,
0: Emmett, right. Emmett Cowler.
1: Yeah, who I think we scared on email yesterday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Emmett is seventeen uh, year old photographer student of photography and uh uh, is kind of wrestling already with with the same questions that i think all of us are wrestling with which are what do i do how do i move forward yeah you know what what advice do you have to to a student in the world of photography well you're always going to be a student
1: true i think he means like a paying student
0: yeah um I don't know, find a rich family member.
1: <laughs> I, I, I guess part of the problem is that uh, I y- this is a better question for you to answer, because I don't have an art school education.
0: Well, I, nor do I. I mean, my, my education was theatrical design, set yeah. design, costume design, not, not graphic design or fine art. Yeah. I mean, the, the fine art thing came just sort of as a byproduct.
1: Hence, hence the Gandalf robes you wear all day long.
0: That is, <laughs> <it's> true, <laughs> and the funny hat. Yeah, uh, you know that that whatever experimentation I've done on that front has been uh, my own. It wasn't wasn't in an educational setting. Um, I know a lot of people who have done both sides. I know people who've gone to Brooks and studied photography. I know people who have, you know, gotten degrees in accounting and are now amazing photographers. Right. Um, I, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think there is a road. I don't think there is a definite answer other than to always be shooting and always be evaluating and editing what you're shooting or what you're creating, whether it's photography or painting or writing or whatever.
1: So you need to be a student of being a student. So what you're saying?
0: yeah on some level yeah I think so
1: yeah yeah
0: uh and and open yourself up for for feedback and criticism right. from from not necessarily from everyone at large at at first but but the people that you trust, the people that you you feel are going to give you honest feedback, you know, sure, a lot of internet feedback is is just sort of trolling sure and,
1: we've gotten into that the past few weeks yeah uh one thing I would like to say to Emmett is. If you go to college for photography, go to college. You go to a formal school for art. Don't consider what you're learning in class as your real education. Does that make sense? Sure. That that's all well and good, but the art that you make while you're there, out of class, or you know your projects and that kind of stuff. Um, be liberal with your projects. You know, don't take the 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 guidelines too seriously, try to make Mm -hmm. something different from what they're asking you to make. Um,
0: And, and if, if they don't want you to go outside that framework, make sure you explore that on your own outside of that project.
1: Um, But, but I think that the reason why people who go have careers and then decide to go back to school, enjoy school much so much more is because they realize that school is sitting on top of life. But that life is all underneath it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you, if you go straight from, say, high school to college, you somehow forget that school isn't life. You know, that, that what you're doing outside of class is as important or more important than what you do in class. Does that make any sense? Sure. Um, so, you know, advice, keep looking, don't get frustrated by uh your other your fellow students being either fantastic or frustratingly stupid um uh yeah just keep making stuff the way you want to make it realize that the people who are teaching you yeah they may have been doing it a lot longer but there was a point at which they were not as good as you are or you know
0: right they, were, they they had a first year of picking up a camera. Exactly. too. Exactly. Everybody or,
1: has started out somewhere. And the people who are starting out now, like Emmett are going to be the greats of this generation. Right. You know, right. Him and his, there, there are people who are in school who are going to be in school with Emmett, maybe Emmett, who's going to be the photographer of the week in 30 years. Right. Right. You know, because, you know, Jay Mazel and, 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 uh, William Klein at some point weren't very good, you know.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's that's what is inspiring about anything is whoever you're looking at, you know, whether it's like Bill said, William Klein or Dan Winters. I mean, there was a time when Dan Winters didn't know what he was doing.
1: Yeah, he was, you, he was Dan Autumn.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you'd you'd never know that now because he makes what he does look effortless. Yep, true, but. At 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 one point, he was stressing about what the hell am I going to do with this light? Yep, you know, yeah. or where am I going to put this camera? Yep, um, and and I think don't get too caught up in that.
1: I know? completely agree. Yeah. So there you go. I hope that helps, Emmett.
0: Yeah, thank you, Emmett.
1: Photographer of the week is
0: William Klein.
1: You like William Klein?
0: I am a new con—you see, you, you, you're hipping me to all these new people who aren't new, but who I am coming into new. And uh, this guy, yeah, he, he's good.
1: He was a painter originally.
0: Yeah, painter. So he's, he's you know, he's coming at these things from, from multiple sides, which I think is important. Um, one of the things, and we've talked about this several times on the show, that photographers do is they only look at photography. True. So, you know, when you can look at, you know, William Klein, he's he's an artist, he's a filmmaker, uh, you know, was inspired by by lots of different areas, fashion, photojournalism, um, you know, so you've got literal photography, you've got artistic photography. I I I love reading about people like this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, Klein, so the reason why we brought him up really is uh he came back into my attention uh because uh, again, Gary Yost, man, Gary's like getting the, getting the props this week. Gary's got the juice. Um, <laughs> sent me a couple of videos, uh, a few weeks ago, one of which is William Klein talking through some of his, uh, uh, contact sheets mm-hmm. and going frame by frame going, you know, here I am taking a picture of this woman and it wasn't working. And then this guy walked through the frame and that almost was it. But then the next frame, like she turned to the left and there it is. That's the shot. Right. right. Um, one of the things that I really liked where he, what he was saying, he he didn't say not every exposure was a photograph to him, mm-hmm. that some were photographs and some were just things on this film, you know, well, I, I, and he I think- would say, oh, that is a photograph.
0: Not to not to belabor the you know you know lament the loss of film or whatever, but the contact sheet is one of the things that I do miss is seeing seeing how you got to, to a photograph, seeing how how what came before it, what came after it, and and seeing your own editing process. Uh, like Klein talks about, you know, this wasn't it, this wasn't it, this was it. Yep, I, yeah. I miss seeing what came before and what came after. Well, you do, you don't get that in digital. Well, you do, but you don't see it Hmm. when, when we're looking at, you know, other people's work, you know, rarely do people print out.
1: Okay. But you didn't really, most people don't show you contact sheets. It's rare that you see the contact sheets of a famous photographer. Mm -hmm. No.
0: Yeah. I I, I, I mean, now after the fact, a a lot of people publish contact sheets. Yeah. Um, but even in my own work, you know, uh, you don't see it. You you tend to focus on that one thing. I don't know. It's just weird.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, he. Uh, Klein is a very interesting guy because he was he was like a street photographer, uh, and he would go around. By the way, he he shoots with a Leica, and he loved. He always hated motor wine. He liked having to crank the shutter. Mm-hmm. Again, which I always liked cocking the shutter as well. Uh it's one of the things I miss about all these little fake digital rangefinders and I understand the oh, they're digital, you don't need the shutter thing, and yeah. But there's something about the process of going click, sh, click, sh. Mm-hmm. It's nice mm-hmm. advancing the film and recocking the shutter is a satisfying sort of like, okay, I'm resetting for the next image that I'm going to make. Right. And I really feel like they should have just left the M nine with a shutter cock, because the shutter still needs to cock. It's just that they have a motor doing it. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that they had still left the thumb wheel in so you could cock the shutter, you know anyway, that's just me. I'm crazy um but yeah he he walks through these pictures and he and he talks about how you know certain things work and certain things don't, and it's fascinating um he also talks about you know how somebody would get in his face or you know ask him what he's doing, and he would just he just played that game on the street. he liked that energy between him and right. people who didn't know him.
0: And there's a lot of that's, uh, I was going to say that there's a lot of energy in his photographs.
1: Yeah. And he's not afraid. There's a whole bunch of things in there where he's like, Oh, I was shooting it at an eighth of a second and I was going for the blur mm-hmm. or, you know, I had a flash on, but I was also shooting at slow shutter speed. So, you know, the flash pops, but I also get all this blur back here. Right. He wasn't afraid to experiment. Not everything had to be sharp, which, which, uh, what the kids call now dragging the shutter. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I think that it's, I think that it makes for, it makes for possibilities as art Mm -hmm. that aren't there, um, in other stuff, you know, he's, he's very, very good, uh, very strange way of speaking too.
0: And I love his composition.
1: They do a great, um, he has a great segment in the genius of photography about Klein.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, The BBC show. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, he seems a little crazy. I think. I think in there he talks about how he like won his first camera like in a poker game or something. Nice. Yeah.
0: Uh, I like how he is not afraid to cut people off. Yes. True. There. There is an interesting compositional element where he he's not afraid to cut off heads, hands, sides of faces, and and at at first glance you go wait a minute that's not right yeah because that's what we've been taught that that's not right that doesn't adhere to this rule or, or, or another, but it works.
1: Yep. Totally works. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 a lot of times it makes you feel like the, the, uh, it makes you feel like there's more outside the frame, you know, Mm -hmm. like he chose this much or this is what he got, but there's so much more going on outside that, that the composition extends outside the frame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So in, in cutting them off, he's drawing you in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And some of his fashion stuff is very artsy too. Yep. Surprisingly so for, for the time, you know, um, I really love that picture where the women's face, the people's faces are all whited out. So he took a picture on the streets, I think in London, and he went in and painted on the photograph, painted white over all the people's faces. So it looks like Mm. they almost have masks on, you know, that picture. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's super freaky. You'd love it here. Um, he's, yeah, it's, he's got a certain kind of thing. You're going to you're going to say, "Oh, this is what I want to do."
0: Oh, that's amazing. See? That is amazing.
1: <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And that's something that I have never done cuz I don't have any skills in the visual arts. So Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, see? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Face C- in the crowd, it's called. Oh, that's that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And Klein is he's he's I think he's a little insane. More than a little insane. When you hear him talk, um, I think he's got a new book coming out, right? We're going to try to there get is, a couple copies. There is
0: a new book coming out. Uh, it's called ABC, uh, and apparently designed and, uh, layout was done by Klein himself. He selected the photos and did all the layout. So I'm wow. very excited to see this.
1: I also think that people like Klein and Meyerowitz and, you know, that ilk of sort of the Winogrand hmm. Those guys who were like this, the 50s, 60s, 70s sort of street photographer, black and white, largely. Right. Um, I think that they there was a certain amount of right place, right time stuff that was going on there, too. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, there was look, there was definitely not a shortage of material. Right.
1: I think those guys, those guys at the same time th- doing the same thing right now would not only not get the same pictures, I don't know that they'd get the same recognition. I think that there's a certain zeitgeist of the street that was happening in those uh, years that isn't as respected as art now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or maybe there's just too much of it because everyone's got a camera phone.
0: I don't know. I mean, that's that, you know, that's a that's a big question, and I and I'd love to make that a focal point of a of a show. Is how the noise, how the signal noise has changed over the years.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: You know, and, and that's a, that's a great question. You know, would, what would Avedon be doing right now today? You know, what would, you know, some of the, even like photojournal, what would Kodelka be doing as a, you know, could, could, could that vision survive as a fashion photographer? Could, you know, could Klein, what would he do with Instagram? What would he do with, with the immediacy of, of photography now?
1: Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but William Klein, uh, go check him out. If you don't know him, uh, we're going to put some links in the show notes, including links to these videos on YouTube where mm-hmm. you can watch him going through his, uh, through his sheets and also uh, some other, there's another video all about him, a little interview film, which is actually pretty good too. Uh, man, you got those videos, you got the wasteland documentary, you got the Peter Yang video, you got the exit through the gift shop, which is also on, on, uh, uh, Netflix Mm-hmm. Man, people got lots of stuff to watch this week. Yeah, There's homework this week. Homework. That's
0: right. <laughs> we will be there. Will be a pop quiz <laughs> next week. <laughs> uh, anything
1: else before we wrap this up?
0: Uh no. Just you know, thanks for continuing to listen. Uh, we're having such a good time doing this show.
1: Uh, comments can go to podcast at ontakingpictures.com Yes. Uh, at Bill Wadman and at Jeffrey Sidoris on Twitter. Yep. And uh, uh, what voicemail.
0: Else? 347 687 9411 347 687 9411
1: Yep, you can leave us a message there. And uh, if
0: you decide oh one sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say if you decide to uh to make a website or build a new site with Squarespace, remember to take better pictures is the offer code.
1: Yep for January. Uh and if you go to dot pictures.com or on taking pictures.com slash podcast more specifically. Uh, you can, uh, you can get the show notes. That's where the show notes are over on the right-hand side. There's also an Amazon affiliate link. So if you're planning on buying anything through Amazon, if you go here first, click that link and then go buy what you want to buy, uh, you will help support the show. Yes. Uh, and you can also tip us monthly. If you like to give a buck or two a month, uh, we, we take donations, Jeffrey, How, how
0: are we doing on that? Uh, the, the, well, I guess we lost out to Google and Apple on Kodak's patents, didn't we? Uh, yeah, um, although our Kickstarter project didn't work out, too our, well. um,
1: uh, our attorneys are in talks with Google and Apple and the consortium to see yeah, if yeah. we could buy yeah. them from them. Um, <laughs> we'd like to buy the patents relating to film and, um, uh, chemical processing. Cause those are going to be worth a lot of money in the years ahead. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, we lost that.
0: Yeah. But, yeah.
1: uh, but Hey, you know, what are you going to do? That's all right. Uh so man that was a dense show too.
0: Yeah, thank you. Uh, hope hope you guys liked it. Yeah.
1: Go right. take pictures. Take better pictures. That's right. <laughs> wow. See ya. All right.